Well, hello and good morning, everyone. It's around 10 a.m. at my place in my my country. I've been away for a while. I I started several uh, podcasts, some recordings at least, to cover a topic that was quite dear to me, and I, I figured I was just talking way, way, way too much. So um, I was... I was I kept on ranting about this topic and this topic is nothing else than the infamous story about why Germans have no humor my people and I think I know best when when it comes to the infamous infamous claim that Germans have no no humor well there is truth to that and um I wanted to to talk about this topic more often at least I tried to, to cover it in several aspects, and I just kept on ranting about certain things like the Second World War, and yes, that actually plays a role, and um, in certain issues in German mentality, um, the closeted humor, so to speak, um, the uptight and very negative mentality that, that, that has been spreading and, 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 and just passed from generation to generation, and there's a reason why. I think, and it it started, in my opinion, really when we lost the war back then. You know, I'm I'm not saying that uh, war times were in in any shape or form good or more positive for any country. Of course not. War is a very tragic thing. Um, Loss of life is very tragic. And, you know, the crimes committed back then, no doubt, one of the worst things ever happened in human history. However, you know, it does something to a country if, if they lost the war. And the way the Germans have been treated uh, since then uh, shows that somehow a lack of joy in life has been registered there. That doesn't mean that everyone thinks like that. I'm, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that it scarred the, 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 the majority of the community, of the population, in such a way to keep their head down. Okay. I mean, today, for example, it's really, you don't find people uh, very often who would say, um, look, I'm very proud to be German. It's a thing that you just don't say. Even even Chancellor Merkel in Germany threw away the German flag during an election. And that was captured on, on film. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but, you know, being proud of your own country is something that's very frowned upon in Germany. So most people never say that. So that is also an aspect as to why people are kind of unhappy in Germany. Like I said before, it doesn't really mean that everyone is unhappy. I'm not talking about 100% of the German population. But I am talking about the fact that showing and expressing joy, feeling a sense of open happiness, and I mean open happiness, not like closed, you know, where you just smile a little bit, very hesitated, and, ah, yeah, life is nice and all that. You find this this hypocrisy everywhere in the world, but I think it's pretty pretty large and very common in, in, in Germany in general. I think that, you know, times are shifting probably. It, it, could be, uh, it could be getting a little better with every generation passing by. But it's it's really... It's very awkward to observe German behavior in terms of happiness and joy because 
there are many differences. I've met people from America, and they all express their, their happiness and their emotions quite openly. Not all of them did. I mean, of course, I, I met a few who were a bit more reserved, I guess, and more closed up. But in comparison to that, I mean, I've met people from Spain, from, from many parts of Asia, and uh, first and foremost, I would say Japan and Taiwan. Um, same goes for, for Thailand, I think, from my observation at least. Um, most parts of Europe, Greece was quite nice and open. Um, Egypt, well, Egypt maybe not so much. <laughs> I had quite weird memories from that time. But I'm uh, not saying anything bad about Egypt. Egypt is, is a great place for, for vacation. But, you know, it's just that the way people behave, the way they, they, they talk, the way they, they talk openly about their issues and problems, you don't find that very often with, with Germans, to be honest. Because most of them, what Germans don't like to do is to admit that they have issues and problems especially when it comes to life in general. And I'd like to make a few comparisons just to, to, to keep that in mind and to make it clear what problems we have. In America, it's very normal that most people go to a psychiatrist, that you go to therapy, that you talk about your life, your issues, what you've been through, what your family's doing, your relationships. Many couples go to therapy if they think they have problems of, of some sort. If, if life is not really going as well as planned and whatnot, or you have maybe, you know, other emotional problems that need to be addressed, then you go to fucking therapy. Seems to be normal. Now, in Germany, um, almost nobody goes to therapy. Okay, I'm not saying that, you know, the entire nation is like, yeah, yeah we're, we're better than this. No, it's just, it's not really accepted, the idea that if you have mental problems, that you go to a professional and talk about that. And there are several reasons why. First of all, the, insu the our insurance companies, the life insurance, uh, not life insurance, health insurance, um, does not pay everything. Health insurance pays only a portion of that, which means that if you have like stress in your life and you want to talk about something, you need help, maybe you, you, you suffer from nightmares and all that crap, whatever, you know, or you have anxieties, of course then you can find a therapist within probably three to six months waiting time. You're on a list, and a psychiatrist in your area will be, you know, uh, probably taking care of you if he or she has time, and not the other way around. And if you want, of course, really professional help, you have to pay for yourself, which is quite expensive per hour, um, I think that therapy in, in, in Germany, if you want to really pay for it yourself, it's much more expensive than, than America. For, for a few sessions alone, I would pay my entire loan. Everything I, I make from my work, I would pay just for the fucking psychiatrist to get a few things off my chest. And it's different, however, if you're in an imminent threat to yourself, if, if, you, if, if you might commit suicide. Hmm. In case you've heard that noise, that was my landlord above of me. He's somehow shifting furniture around. Probably getting some visitors today, I don't know. Well, anyway. So if you're a threat to yourself, if you think 
or if, if someone thinks that you're going to commit suicide, you suffer from depression, you know, that kind of stuff, then you will get therapy really fast. But only then. In, in any other instance, in most cases at least, way over 90%, you got to wait until it's your turn to actually get treatment. And in those months, you know, a lot of things can happen. Nobody cares about that. So, you know, health insurance doesn't come in handy when it's, it's really necessary. At least, you know, su- subjectively speaking, if you think it's necessary and you need help and friends are not enough or family, then, you know, you, you just got to be patient and hope for the best or uh, <laughs> you got to fake suicide and, what, and whatnot. Then you will get, most likely in Germany, uh, a therapist at your side and uh, taking his time to treat you, which I wouldn't probably never do, to be honest. And... Um, yeah, that's one of the reasons, I think, uh, you know, that, that Germans are very uptight in their lives because they cannot admit that they have problems. They can't admit that they're at, at fault somehow or did a mistake, that they're not capable of dealing with their lives and emotional stress properly and just need, you know, advice of professional help. They're, they're too proud to be independent and pretty much untouchable. And it's also a sign of weakness in in Germany if you admit that you're having mental problems and need to go to therapy and get help. Everyone who has a, let's say, in quote, you know, normal lifestyle, thinks of you as a loser. And that is unfortunately really true. I don't care what people say that, oh, no, we would never behave that way. Fuck you. They do. They really do. And you're an an outsider to them. You're a misfit of society. And they will look the other way and try not to have too much contact with you. That's the truth in German behavior when it comes to this kind of mental issue and problems. I've seen it so many times. It's bizarre. It's really uh, shameful that they do behave that way. In my opinion, it's a fact, and I see it too often for my own good. Another thing that is really problematic in German behavior... Sorry, I need something to drink. I'll be right back. Okay, I think think that did the trick. I got some Coke here with me. Well, not cocaine, but an Afri-Cola product. I'm not quite sure from which country that comes from. It's it's a German Coke product and it seems to be quite tasty and unfortunately too much sugar. Well, whatever. We all gotta die someday. Where was I? Oh yeah. Yeah this is this is quite disturbing to me because it always pissed me off. When I was a kid and lived in Canada Canada back then the mentality was not as negative in my opinion from what I remember. And uh, in comparison to Germany, when I came back to this country, everyone looked at you very weird, very strange. What I've noticed um, from the first day when I was walking around in in, in Germany is, um, even as a child, I was really upset by by the fact that most people stare at you all the time. It doesn't matter where you go. You go shopping, somebody stares at you. You go to the bank somebody stares at you just because you enter at the fucking door. They stare at you as if you're hiding something. They're trying to judge you by your appearance, by the way you look, by the way you behave, how you walk. And the facial expression on, on 
almost everyone, I would say, fuck, almost 100%, is very judgmental, very negative, and very, very reserved and careful, and, you know, just anxious about pretty much anybody who's who's near them. I'm not saying that Germans are panicking, but they are very, very judgmental, very hypocritical when it comes to, to visual observation of their fellow man or fellow woman or, you know, whatever fuck gender. Let's keep it neutral here, okay? And um, I've talked to quite a few foreigners who are living for years in Germany and they really can't get behind that kind of behavior as to why uh, Germans would actually behave that way and, and what it is that they want, you know. A friend of mine from work, actually, he comes from the Czech Republic. He's been, he lived in many different countries in the world. He lived for a while in, in the States as a, um, I think as a carpenter or similar things. He, he's, he's good with his hands. He's pretty, a handy guy. And um, he's been living in Germany for over a year now, and he was very upset because he said everywhere he goes that there's always someone, you know, every, around every corner in every shop, staring at him as if he's like a criminal or something. And he, he sometimes walks up to them and says, hey, what's up? Something wrong. And nobody responds, of course, because it's not, not very common that, that you address someone who's staring at you and trying to ask what the fuck your problem is. But that's something that you find here very often, very, very, very often. And it's considered impolite in, in countries like Taiwan or, or Japan, which I did by mistake once. I wasn't even aware that, that I was staring, that it was impolite. There was a woman that I liked visually, you know, to me personally, just a re- very pretty woman. And I thought, damn, that's, uh, that's a nice one. So, you know, I was sitting in McDonald's and eating something and I was looking outside of the window and, and you know, just looking around. Then I noticed that woman. And I thought, damn, she's really pretty. And she noticed that I was looking at her. And in, in her mind, I was staring. And after she, she looked at me twice to, uh, you know, trying to figure out why I was staring probably or just feeling a bit awkward in, in that moment, she moved away behind behind a pillar or a wall, I, I don't really remember, but she didn't want to be stared at. And that's when I noticed, oh, fuck, I did a mistake here. You know, that, that kind of behavior is very uncommon in, in many parts of Asia, and people don't like that. There is no reason to stare at someone unless you want something from them. And in Germany, it's the other way around. Nobody wants something from you, but everyone is looking. <laughs> that's insane. That's absolutely insane. And... Um, it's, it's it, you know, I, I notice instantly, mostly, when, when a German is, is, is a tourist, when he gives me the same stupid stare all the time. And I look back at them, and, and sometimes I actually say something and become very rude by, by saying, I, I notice instantly that I'm not alone anymore when a fellow German next to me is staring at me like I'm dead. And, you know, Germans really have a problem with that. I, you know, we, we can be very good people. You find friendly people in Germany, but this kind of behavior is sickening. And um, the reason for that, and yes, it ties all down to why Germans have no humor. I give you my word, it does. Um, it all comes down to distrust in the end. It's, it's all hypocrisy. It's always about the same uh, thing. They don't trust you. They look at you. They're trying to figure you out. You know, they, they try to judge you by whatever it is that, that, that they see about you. And you notice very often, at least I do, when, when I talk to people, if they're authentic in their 
communication and their looks and their facial expression, their body language. I take care of those details. I look at them very, very closely. And I notice instantly if somebody is just a hypocrite or not. And I'm mostly negatively surprised about the people around me. And most, most people are never truthful. So it's, um, it's quite a bummer. It's not that, you know, everyone is exactly the same. I'm not saying that the entire population is like that. But this behavior, this cultural behavior is, is very much the same. And you find it everywhere. It's really, it's, it's unnerving and it makes me feel uncomfortable every time I walk into some fucking town and, you know, just try to enjoy myself. And if I pay close attention, I will notice this kind of behavior all the time. And I do like to observe other people myself that is true, but I try to do it in such a fashion that they don't notice. I don't want to disturb anyone. I just want to look around, especially when I'm sitting in a cafeteria and just, you know, look outside and what the people are doing. Or in a shopping mall during Christmas time, you find the most stressful, fucked up souls in the history of the human race. F trying to find presents or, you know, getting their, their, their kids to fucking shut up. And whatever, or they're, they're late for work, they, they, they can't reach their bus anymore or train, and just freak the fuck out. And that's always fun to watch. But, you know, just being really straightforward, staring at someone next to you and trying to figure them out, or just, you know, being completely judgmental, that's really a problem here. And I can also tell you that in combination to that, something else that plays a role in... German mentality and, and how people are observing others or judging them is, quite frankly, the behavior overall. I mean, Germans like to be considered to be very serious, you know, very, very correct, very concerned and, you know, just questioning everything, um, being too careful about everything. There's, there, we have documentaries on TV that should really be banned for stupidity just because someone is too mu too concerned about a thing that means nothing in the end. You know, I, I could tell you one example just briefly. There was um, an incident in, in Great Britain where a building burned down. I don't really remember when that was. It was a couple of years ago. A lot of people died. So somebody was to blame because of, you know, malfunctioning wires, I think, or something that, that caught fire. And just, you know, it was a tragedy. Unfortunately, it could have been prevented, but it wasn't. And somebody was to blame. Maybe the landlord or some company trying to take care of maintenance and, you know, stuff like that, like the janitor or whatever. I'm not quite sure who's actually really to blame, but the accident happened. People died and that's it. Okay, that's, that's the story. And during that time, I remember lots of reports on TV when I was still watching TV, which I don't anymore. I just can't take it. Um, I do remember that um, this was one of those examples where the, the, the Germans had to make a program, uh, a, a pseudo-documentary about the question, how safe are German homes? You know, And I thought, how safe are German apartments? What the fuck are you talking about? There was a bus accident also, like many bus accidents in Germany, where something really horrific has happened, you know, and, and just people got, got hurt, children died and all that because of um, a malfunctioning bus, I think. And then afterwards, it didn't take long, and you found documentaries on TV with, with the same fucking question, how safe are German buses? I mean, are you kidding me? 
You know, it's always about this 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 scare tactic to be super concerned about everything. That's really annoying. That's something that the Germans just cannot get rid of. Sometimes it's for the better, but mostly it's for the worst. And, um, well, wait, where was I? Oh, yeah. Concerned, being very concerned about other people and their behavior. Um, if you know what I mean, you have many of these country, town festivals that happen every year. Just um, a typical party atmosphere. For Germans, a bit, I think a bit more more quiet, I would assume. I think lots of people enjoy these festivals, especially kids and teenagers do. And they behave differently, of course. They're more open because they don't really care about what other people think of them. But uh, let's say the uh, generations around their 30s and 40s, they are more concerned, more careful in, in their behavior. They think after a certain age, you cannot behave this way anymore. And the majority actually is really judgmental about anyone in their own age, or let's say a parent behaving a bit awkwardly with their with their children. And I don't mean in the nasty way, I just mean in the fun way. There is, a, everyone knows what a merry-go-round is, right? So if if, let's say, an, an adult, which I actually observed myself quite a few times, a merry-go-round is for children only. An adult does not go on these rides. You've seen this in America. I've seen this in many parts of Asia and my, during my travels. I mean, I've never really been to, to America when I was, you know, an, an adult. But as a child, I went with my father on a road trip from Canada to America, and I did see a couple of things, at least vividly in my, in my memory. And what I do remember is that any adult can really just enjoy him or herself by doing whatever the fuck they really want, as long as nobody gets harmed. So I've seen adults on merry-go-rounds. I've seen many old people in, uh, on, on festivals and parks in Taiwan just enjoying themselves, and if they want to ride, they will, you know. I've seen a 70-year-old man or 80-year-old um, walking around with a hat on his head, carrying balloons and, and you know, stuffed animals and really enjoying himself. That was, that was nice to see, that he just... There was nothing really to be judgmental about or be negative for whatever fucking reason. But in Germany, you don't see that ever, ever. If you see it, make a picture. Because <laughs> it's never going to happen again. And I have noticed, or at least I've, I've witnessed, let, let's, let's put it that way. There was a mother with, um, with, with children, and children said, you know, I, I would like to go to the merry-go-round. I'd like to, to ride a horse or, you know, a car, a bumblebee, whatever they had, with these gigantic figurines, of course. And, um, but they didn't want to go alone. They would like to be accompanied by their parents. And, you know... Um, most adults in that situation said, no, I, we can't do that. You're too old for this. You cannot do stuff like that. I cannot do stuff like that. What would people think if I did that? That's the key issue. And I'm not joking about this. Way over 90% from my experience that Germans have a real problem with the idea that somebody could think bad of you based on your behavior based on the actions you do. My mother, for example, it's, that's the best example I could give you, because she's the most twisted soul on the planet Earth. 
and very bitter anyway. Um, she always had this excuse to give me, other family members and friends, what would people think? What would they think? Who gives a fuck what they think? But she did, you know, she gave a fuck. She wanted to look professional and serious towards friends, neighbors, strangers. Never show a sign of weakness. Never show anything that could compromise your status. Nothing. It was important to maintain that. And she was nobody. Except, you know, giving birth to me, which I didn't ask for. I know that sounds harsh. I don't really give a fuck. I have very, I'm standing in very bad terms with that woman. And I have my reasons why. And... This kind of behavior is just really just freaked me out because even back then when I was younger, I didn't really understand the purpose of that. Why would anyone care what they think of me? I have nothing to do with them. You know, I'm not married to any one of these fucking pricks outside being judgmental about my behavior, the way I look, what kind of shirt I wear, my glasses, if I have pimples on my fucking face. You know, who gives a fuck? It's very disturbing. Well... Where was I now? Oh yeah, another key uh, thing that really is bothering not only me, but pretty much everyone else who, is, uh, who had been suffering from this kind of behavior by other people is the fact that most, the majority of, of, of Germans in their mentality, their core mentality, is that they're jealous. They envy other people to a point where it's unhealthy by, especially by those who have more money than you, who have more success than you, who have a, a prettier wife than you, or successful kids, you know, a big house, they have this, they have that, this kind of fame. Anyone who is successful in a specific way and just radiates it. I mean, I'm not talking about showing off. That's a different feature, and that's also a problem here in society. But it's basically, you know, most people here in this country would like to be more than they really are because they're never satisfied. I mean, I, I did try to tell you here that, you know, the lack of happiness is because nobody is satisfied. <laughs> it's really, really amazing, absolutely amazing. I am, I have to admit, I'm not satisfied myself with everything that is happening in my life, but it's basically my own fault. There is no one to blame but myself. And, you know, the majority of Germans, they think differently. They, they're, they're unsatisfied and annoyed with their jobs. They hate what they do. They hate their, their wives and girlfriends. They cannot change anything because they don't know how or don't want to. It's much more easier to complain than to actually do something and change it. That's a fact. And it goes for, you know, any country, any human being, really. That's a common issue that we all share. But it's very obvious and, and, you know, and it's just, it pops in, into my eye in, in Germany more often than in, in, in other countries that people are just unsatisfied and always keep complaining, always arguing and bickering and all that crap. It's really annoying, but it, it's, it gets worse when they bicker, not about the situation that they live in, but bicker about other people because of their success, because they have more money. And they, they don't want you to have that. Absolutely not. There is a, there's a word here um, that, I could, that I could use to describe another, let's say, failed mental attempt of the German, uh, you know, behavior and behaving structure. I, I have no real um, 
word or a possible way to explain this to you, with the exception of adding the word schadenfreude to this equation. Now, in case you know what this word means, schadenfreude means that you actually gain, uh, that you're, you're, you gain happiness through misfortune of other people. So if something bad happens to my neighbor and he breaks his leg, I'm going like, <laughs> good, good for him. You know, that, that kind of shit. Somebody lost his job and you think to yourself, yeah, he deserves that. He deserves to be punished like that. Why should he have a better life than me? Right? So um, celebrating others' misfortunes or feeling joy from someone else's misfortune is a word that pretty much exists. I think the, the most famous word is really from, from our country. I know that in the English language, there is no word to actually describe it, which is fascinating because that's a behavior that, that's not very common in, in, in those countries like England or America. You know, of course, people are jealous and envious sometimes, but it doesn't mean that it's necessary to create a word to actually describe that behavior. But it's necessary for Germans because we live that way. Okay? That is... Uh, it's unfortunately an issue that has been, you know, bothering many people, and it's been it's been well documented. There is a, there is no way to describe a German citizen without that word, in my opinion. And it's 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 a shame. It's really a shame. It's always about the same the same outcome, the the same. Uh, a fact that if, if somebody has more success than someone else, they will always be hated by a, a great group of people, a large group of people. I had a friend once, a friend of the family. Um, he lived, or maybe still lives, in Frankfurt. And, uh, you know, we lived, like, not together in the same house, but while my parents moved to Canada, they came with us in, you know, different locations, following their jobs and projects and stuff like that. And... Those people, the specific family here, they decided to leave because, you know, they were not very happy with the situation they were in and the husband was working way too much and not finding enough time for his family. So he said, you know, this, this is enough. Um, I have to change my life before I destroy everything. I got to get back to Germany and try to live a normal life. And uh, back then, surviving in Canada was really tough. You know, unemployment rate was super high. I'm not quite sure what it is today. And um, many years later, I, I, I visited these people for a while. I stayed there for a couple of days, I think, with my, with my mom back then as well. And I remember um, the husband, the, the, the man, telling me a story of how he got depressed with it, you know, after, after reaching the age of 50. And... Uh, Man, he must be almost 70 years old now, or maybe 65. Hmm. I have no contact with him, I don't know. But back then, anyway, he said, you know, he had this, this uh, troubled, troubled time. He was very open-minded. He didn't care much about other people. He was just more focused about his own life and family. And he went through a depressive phase where um, he, he lost a family member. I think his brother died. Then someone else, a few friends died who died quite early from heart attack and stuff like that. You know, and he, it got really close to him, that situation. And he told me that he was at a brink of questioning his life and all the decisions he made and, and thought to himself, look, I'm doing fine. I'm not in debt. 
Um, my family is doing fine. My wife is healthy. My kids are doing fine. What the fuck am I doing here? You know, so much bad stuff happened. He would like to celebrate life in his own way, in his own terms, to do something to distract him from the fact that he lost so many friends and that, that brother and all that. So he wanted to do something to, you know, not waste his time with sorrow and, and, and bitterness. So he said he was fi financially doing quite okay. He had some reserves, you know, something, some, some cash on the bank. And he said he's going to buy himself a car just for the fun of it. So he bought himself, now hold, hold to your hats, he bought himself an honest-to-God original brand new Dodge Viper in red, of course, okay? And I saw that beast. I saw it close hand. I, I wasn't in the car. I didn't want to drive with him. I wasn't really, I'm not a car person. But from, from the visuals, the design, the car is really uh, just, it, it, it's like a spaceship. It's a rocket. And he told me that ever he had ever since he he bought this car, he has a separate garage with his his house. Um, I'm sure he doesn't own the car anymore, but you know he he took it for a joyride every Sunday. He went to the over the highways, the German autobahn, you know, and just pushed the car to its limits where it was possible, and then drove back home. That's it. Just just enjoying this piece of technology. And he said ever since he bought the car. No one in their neighborhood wants to talk to him anymore just because of the car. Nothing else, okay? And we're not talking about rebuilding his house into a castle. He doesn't own real estate very much. He doesn't own a hotel. He, he's not his own boss in a company. He, doesn't, he hasn't invented anything. He's not Elon Musk. He just bought a fucking car and people hated him for it. Imagine that. That's Germany for you, in a nutshell. Okay, I I know that you know this issue, this behavior is widespread in 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 many countries. There's always a very jealous prick who just cannot handle the fact that someone has a cool car, but it's very common here in Germany. It's a fact. I don't care what people say. I've seen it hundreds and thousands of times. This is who we are. We don't like it if someone has success. We cannot stand it. Not me personally, I'm serious about that. I try to learn from, from this, these observations and notice that this is unhealthy. And I'm completely 100% aware of that. And if somebody is successful and, and makes a lot of money or wins, wins the, the, the lottery, then it's their right, okay? It's good for them, more power to you. I didn't play the lottery, so I didn't win. You know? And if I did, I picked the wrong numbers. Someone else got the right numbers. They made, they cracked the jackpot. They got the money. It's good for them. That's, that's fair. Okay, that's how it works. If you don't do anything, you don't get anything. Period. So why should I be envious of someone just because they had an idea that I didn't have? You know, it makes no fucking sense. I can only work on myself with what I have, with what I can do, with what I can create, whatever, Okay. I, there is no fortune that I can gain just by sucking up to people and, you know, uh, getting, taking their money and, and stuff like that, begging for it. And I know enough people who would actually do that. And um, there are many sad stories in Germany of people who, who won the lottery, of course, and, you know, they couldn't keep their mouth shut. They had to talk about it and brag and, you know, show off like, look, I am a winner. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> you can enjoy your, your money. That's fine. But... What you're doing is dangerous, and you're attracting way too many people. 
and all of these people who behaved the same, they all lost. All of that money gone, they had friends, they knew, they never knew they had. You know, these kind of people just like telling, hey, remember me, we went to high school together, motherfucker! Hey, high five! And dude, by the way, I'm really doing not so well. I have, you know, I'm totally in debt and, you know, my parents died, blah, 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 blah. And they keep sucking up to you. Just One of the coolest guys I, I remember who um, actually won a lot of money, I think um, he went on, I think he was in a, in a German game show back then. He was a priest, mind you. I think he was a Catholic priest. And he said, because he had a vast knowledge of, you know, of pretty much everything concerning the world. He wanted to, uh, you know, be a participant in a, in a quiz show, in a game show. He answered most questions pretty correctly, and I think he made a million bucks. So a couple of months later, he was reinvited on TV, and I was interested in seeing that guy because he was just in his, the way he was presenting himself. Very confident dude, very, um, very self-secure, self, not self-centered, but he was just... He was a regular guy, behaving like a regular guy, just because he was a priest. He wasn't acting like he was above anyone else. And uh, he just, he, he told his experiences of what happened during his life after he won the money. And he was bombarded by mail, by people on his doorstep. Everything, you know, uh, people tried to call him, spoke on his answering machine, and told him all sorts of stories to, you know, heartbreaking stories everything fabricated, of course, in trying to gain his trust and get money. For example, one guy said, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I dreamt of, of Jesus, and Jesus told me that you know, you're going to die one day, and, and to prevent that, he should have to talk to you because he's the only one who's able to help him, blah, blah, blah. Really convoluted bullshit. Unbelievable, unlogical bullshit. And he just laughed his ass off and said he would never, ever give away that kind of money to anyone sucking up to him. You know, and he's using the money wisely to invest, first and foremost, in his own home, family, then a part of it in his church, you know, and, and, and that's it. He's, he's, he's careful what he does with the money because he has options. You know, he's not stupid. And what people would do to suck up to someone, to try to lure them into a trap. It's, it's, it's revolting, really, to, to try to get money any way possible. I know that this doesn't really count for Germany alone. That would be bullshit to say that. But it's also something that is quite often the case to hear where people just lose their minds because of money, because they think... Um, they think they can. They have the privilege to actually talk to somebody to beg for money. That's a sick joke in and of itself. There's another example of an old woman here that uh, lived in Baden-Württemberg, which is more on the east, southeast side of, of, of Germany, in that region. It's a state, in case you ask. And I remember at, at the time there was a gigantic lottery jackpot. And this old woman cracked the jackpot. And for many days, she kept silent out of fear because she didn't know what to do. She didn't know who to talk to. You know, she had concerns how her children and family members would react if she would say that. 
She wanted to, you know, the blood-sucking aspect of it all was what she was afraid of. And after a while, she started opening up, you know, trying to carefully address the subject, you know, like, you know, you, you remember that I play lottery every week? Well, guess what, honey? <laughs> That's when shit hit the fan. Everyone in her family bashed the woman, attacked her, not physically, but verbally, and they were very upset that she kept silent about this, that this was all very important. She wanted to keep the money all for herself. Nobody was really being sane about this topic and just using common sense to understand that this was really a big deal for her, you know, and she, that she's concerned that it would cause a war. No. She, the old woman was right. And she regretted the fact that she even had the money. This is really, this is one of the most bizarre things that, that can happen to any human being on the planet, not just in Germany, of course. But like I said, when it comes to jealousy, you know, there's, Germany is like number one, in my opinion. This is really a bad, bad, bad thing in life when you just cannot realize what's important in life and what is not. And if you envy others because they possess more than you, especially a family member, then it gets really messy and dirty. And um, I've seen it in my own family as well. Not about this kind of money, not this sum, but uh, in terms of money in general, yes. In terms of success, in terms of, uh, look, my, my dad, for example, he lives in Asia. He got lots of, lots of dirt because of that, because he has a good life and he lives, I would say, financially pretty much independent, as far as I can say anyway. And um, some of my family members really hated him for that, for the fact that he just lived outside of Germany in his own life, his own universe, um, based on his own jobs and success, and I always ask myself, why? That's his choice. Let him do whatever the fuck he wants. He's not responsible for you or anyone else. He's not responsible for me anymore. I'm too old for this shit. You know, I do what I please. And I have someone in my family, someone I don't like talking about, but he lost his fucking mind. He was so envious. He was so jealous and downright hurt that he didn't receive any money from him. And I asked him, in all seriousness, why would he give you money? For what? And we had a huge fight and argument because of this. And I could not believe the blind rage of jealousy that people can develop over money. Especially here. That's at least, you know, the way I see it. And yes, of course. I mean, come on, please. I don't want to kid myself. I know that many murders in around the world, especially in, in places where... You know, violence is, is one of the hottest topics in countries like America. People kill other people because of jealousy all the time. I know, I know. <laughs> it's, it's a sad, sad thing. It really is. I would, I don't think I would ever do that. I, I, I think to myself that I'm smart enough to deal with this kind of issue in a different way. To not be jealous of anyone who has more money than me. Because why, why should I? It's not mine. And that's the end of it. That's the fucking argument. That's the point. It's not a punchline. It's a point. You don't go above that. Well, anyway, that's... Um, I think these are the, the, the key issues uh, in, in terms of trying to explain why Germans have no humor. And why I say that 
is because because of this behavior that we have, this closed up, uptight, very concerned, judgmental behavior that many, 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 many Germans have, the question, when is it allowed to be happy and to laugh about something, ultimately ties in together with this behavior. Because nobody, uh, not nobody in general, but, you know, the majority of, of the people are so closed up, so uptight, that laughing out loud about something doesn't happen very often to them. Sometimes it does. They can let off some steam, you know, they can laugh about some issues, and that's it. But what is it that they find funny? When is it okay to laugh? That's a big question that I have to ask myself in, in, the, in this country, because the humor is very bizarre in some cases. The humor is often senseless. I have, um, I could list a couple of comedians who really uh, created stuff that is just beyond ridiculous. And I could give you two examples without stretching this podcast too much. One of these comedians, probably one of the most well-known and popular comedians in in German history, at least to this day because he still lives, is a guy whose name is Helge Schneider, okay, Mr. Schneider. He's a very talented man. I'm not uh, um, over-exaggerating this. He went to university. He he can play a, a variety, a large variety of instruments nearly perfectly. He knows exactly what he's doing. He creates his own music. He created his own films. I think he directed films, wrote screenplays. He, he did some acting. And he does stand-up comedy, he does live shows, all that kind of stuff. He loves this job, he loves the work field. Now his material, however, is, in my opinion, that's only my opinion here, not exactly Oscar-worthy. It's, sometimes it appears to be very lazy, because what he does is just bullshit. That's the best way to describe it. His work is never considered to be... um, on par, let's say, with international world-class comedians. Never, not by far. His work is just specialized in, in nonsense, in things that really make no sense. Making fun of something that is just up, absurd and has no, no validity in, in, in society in any shape or form. It cannot be connected to anything real. For example... Um, Many years ago, I think during the the 1990s, he wrote a song, which he, of course, sang, if you could call it singing, uh, called uh, Katzenklo. And Katzenklo translated means cat toilet. And the lyrics go as follows that, you know, cat toilet, cat toilet, yes, it makes the cat happy, and stuff like that. And... Why he wrote that song, nobody knows. <laughs> At least nobody knows the truth behind it. That's what I think. And um, his attempt was just to make people laugh about something silly that makes no sense. That's basically it. And the song was massively popular in Germany. And I really don't know why. But that's one of those examples. Some people find it funny. I asked them, why is it funny? And most people could not explain to me why they think it was funny. They just thought it was. So I have to ask myself, do you actually have a sense of humor if you don't know what you're laughing about? If you don't know what it is that makes you happy, what the fuck are you talking about then? So it's a very delicate subject here. And 
we have many of these examples where Germans just, you know, crack up about things that are just not universally funny. And I understand Americans when they say, yeah, um, Germans laugh about this and that, and they just look in complete disbelief and shock that uh, they don't fucking understand what's going on. Even I don't understand what's, what's going on. I've been living here for over 30 years now. You know, do I like it? No. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I'm, there are some benefits of being a German citizen. Yeah, sure, there, there are. Basically, the social stuff and uh, health insurance is, is pretty okay. But uh, when it comes to entertainment value and people behind that, I'm always shocked. Let me give you another example. There's a guy, I think he still lives, I, I assume, whom I personally consider to be quite brilliant, even though his material is bullshit. Really, really absolute stunning crap, and I am not making this up. His name is Ingo. Uh, the German name of, 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 of his persona would be Ingo ohne Flamingo, which means translated Ingo without the Flamingo. Okay? And he's dressed in a very bright, shiny, pinkish flamingo suit, I think. And he wears all the time a latex duck mask that covers his entire head and face. Nobody knows who this guy really is, except close friends and family members, I, I assume. And he is very, very careful about not um, exposing himself. As far as I know today, his identity is still hidden. It's still a mystery. And all he does, basically, is... Well, he cannot sing, first of all. Okay? Only, only thing I think I know that could be true is he comes from Berlin. He's an entertainer. He loves the, the club atmosphere and parties. Um, the alcohol... Uh, theme overall of parties because you know Germans like to drink and all that and his songs are about drinking partying bullshit um, having no responsibility whatsoever not giving a fuck about the world that's what he basically sings about and he just had a handful of, of, of tracks which were you know overhyped through social media and YouTube and all that and he became a household name not that doesn't mean that everyone knows him, but in his own terms, from, from, from his point of view, he can really say to himself that he is a celebrity and, and actually made a lot of money from this, this crap. And what he did was appearing on TV. He appeared in many small towns of Germany and all sorts of communities, no matter how big. And he kept traveling and touring all the time. And he made a ton of money with this shit, which is why I call him brilliant. First of all, for hiding his identity. Nobody knows who he is. Making a lot of money from the absolute stupidity of people cheering to this kind of material because they think it's great and nobody really knows why. Because it's not. Fucking A, it's not, it's not great. There's nothing brilliant about his material. His approach to this in dealing with the masses because he knows exactly that people want this stuff and celebrate this stuff, that's brilliant that he actually abuses the stupidity of most people enjoying this kind of, of, of entertainment. And he makes a dime, a golden one, with this kind of, of, of stuff. You know? And I, get, I pull my hat to this guy because you know, he did the right thing, I suppose. And um, I've, I've seen this guy once 
because he toured in a town in which I used to live in a couple of, well, maybe two years ago. And before COVID, you know, he was still on tour and enjoying his life and just, you know, dancing around, uh, singing to playback. He never sang live because he can't. He just does a little bit of lip sync, which is funny because you never see his face. So, you know, he, he doesn't do shit. <laughs> he stands on stage, jumps around with his silly mask from one corner to the other with his very shiny persona, screams into the microphone between songs, like, you know, all together, yeah, let's let's have fun, blah, blah, all that crap, you know, and that he loves the town and all that, that nonsense. And I went to one of these events because my ex-girlfriend wanted to see this guy live because, you know, she's, she, she, she has lost her fucking marbles, I suppose. And, you know, my, her parents, everyone just, you know, went to this uh, party tent. We, we had a table. And as soon as he was announced, people just freaked the fuck out. Everybody, I swear, everyone was standing on their benches and tables to get a closer look at this guy. And the most interesting thing that I have witnessed in this bizarre behavior, enjoying a complete bullshit atmosphere, was everyone pulled out their phone, turned around and filmed themselves for social media, TikTok and whatnot, while trying to capture the Ingo guy in the background somewhere very tiny on their phone and expressing an over-dramatically, almost possessed happiness face, and celebrating something that was just redundant. And it was important to these people to record it, to share it to people who don't give a fuck about them. That was disturbing to me. Then I understood, in that moment, how brilliant that Ingo guy really is. By abusing all these, these zombies, all these mindless fucking pricks, to get their money, Give them what they want, even though they don't know what it is, while he's getting rich. And that's it. And nobody knows who he is. Nobody can even blame him for creating such, such nasty, pointless content. You know, because he's gone one day. And that's it. With all the money, he can go to fucking Thailand and buy himself a house and just enjoy his life. That's, this, is, this is bizarre because you can really make a lot of money with people like that who just, you know, cheer you and just love the, the stuff you do because it makes no sense. And you can only do that in countries like Germany. It really only works here. I don't think you could get this far in America. I mean, look at Weird Al Yakovic. This guy's brilliant because he actually thinks about stuff before he produces it and not the other way around like, like, the, like Ingo does in, in Germany. He just knows what he needs to do to get money to survive later on and to shut himself off from the rest of the world. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's going to reveal his identity one day. And, you know, everybody is just in shock, thinking to themselves, that's the guy? And the mystery is gone. And nobody cares if he brings out a new song anymore because he's not interesting anymore. The edge is off. You know, who cares? So I really... This really stuck with me <laughs> for the last... Uh, two years when I tried to get behind his, his way of thinking and why he would do such a thing. So um, it's quite interesting that you, can, that you can entertain people in Germany with this kind of content. I'm not saying that everyone loves him. Like I said, he's, he's a, he is a celebrity, but not everyone knows him. And not everyone thinks that his material is cool. But we have a great portion of people who are attracted by this kind of stuff. 
the more senseless it is, the more entertaining it becomes. And I think that also ties into the fact that Germans really have no sense of humor. Okay? I met a guy from Great Britain once who was a friend of one of my ex-girlfriends when I was 20 years old. And he told me that um, he was also of the opinion that Germans had no humor because they, they laugh about everything, even though it makes no sense. They would laugh at a piece of bread with cheese flying through the air. And I had to laugh at that because I knew what he was saying. And it made total sense. Absolutely. It's um, another thing that comes to my mind when it comes to uh, German comedy, especially in this day and age. Um, we have lost a lot of comedy quality over, over the years because in the 60s and 70s we had great names. We had great minds in Germany who actually created a comedy form that was respected, that was well-crafted, clever and intelligent, and it was presented in a very unique way, but typically German style. It was a little bit uptight, but it was really funny and clever. It was sharp. And we had a few names who actually made uh, comedy work. And one of these, uh, a few of these names that I could tell you would be a, a person like Heinz Erhardt. He was brilliant. He was a... Uh, he played, or he had this persona of a neurotic guy, always a bit too, too, you know, too correct, too polite, too nervous, and he was just lovable the way he just presented himself. And uh, um, I think he was even the first one to present this kind of comedy style to the German public. I don't think anyone before that did stuff like that. And he died very young, unfortunately. He he was. Um, he was dearly missed still today by many people. And um, other names would be like Karl Dahl. He was a guy who just died recently, uh, unfortunately. He, had, he was very provocative. He was also vulgar at, at times. One of the first comedians who actually pushed the boundaries in Germany to, you know, just to give it a, a different vibe and a different dynamic on stage. He also wrote his own songs. He also toured very much. Um, a well-respected dude, at least uh, to my knowledge. Um, there was also a, a different comedian who was also very provocative, but razor sharp and very, very good in his uh, um, in his visual presentation of anger. Not just anger, but he had this this tension about him that is um, sometimes. A bit frightening, but not on purpose. I think it's just a side effect of the way he he behaved on stage. His name was Harald Junke, and he was he was a diehard alcoholic. This 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 guy. He drank himself to death. Basically, that's that's actually what happened in his last years. I think he died in his in the late nineties. I think, or maybe early two thousands. I don't really remember correctly. But he was in a large part of uh, quite famous and successful German TV movies or, you know, uh, theater movies. He also went on stage. He was a stand-up comedian. He had his own TV shows. He was very edgy for the, his time, and he was really good. Now, I, I don't know if this kind of comedy would be accepted or even understood 
in the States. I think to 50%, 50-60%, most people would find his material to be funny as well, if you can translate it correctly at least. But um, what I think from my observation and what I've, what I've uh, gathered o- over the years before I really started to be fed up and, and just annoyed by, 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 by German comedy is just the fact that these people are just gone and everything that they brought to the table, everything, the influence they had in the industry disappeared. And what we have now basically are just uh, comedians who also try to be satirical about themselves or about a persona. They try to make fun of politics and, and all this, all this stuff. But most comedies, most comedians are not clever enough in their in their craft by creating these jokes. One of the few German comedians who actually received a lot of flack, a lot of a lot of shit because of his criticism towards COVID and and uh, you know, uh, the uh, senseless decisions by the politicians, which he's mostly right, is a guy who's called Dieter Nuhr. Okay. Um, if you want and you, inter- you you find uh, German comedy maybe a bit appealing and you want to learn more about this, I personally believe he's one of the best guys to go to. His material is very clever, razor sharp. He's very social critical. And he says stuff that not everyone wants to hear, which is good. And I think he deserves more credit because of that. So if you're interested in trying to learn more about German comedy, I think personally the one to go to as a perfect example would be him. Everyone else... I I tend to be very you know hesitant. I don't want to do that. I don't want to make advertisement for these people. I don't think they're good. Period. Um, there are some good co- comedians from Austria who are just way more intelligent, way more clever than anyone else in in Germany by far. I think. And you know the the problem is with most. German uh, comedians who are successful in a specific mainstream-based way because of TV appearances and, and stuff like that. Their humor is mostly very straightforward, like a fist in your face, trying to force you to laugh about something that is not funny. And forced humor is the worst kind of humor. One of the best examples in forced humor is Ghostbusters from 2016. Yes, you knew I would say that, right? What a horrible film. <laughs> well, this is the, in, in, in my observation, like I said, in my opinion, this is one of the greatest problems in German comedy that we've had for so many years, and it's not getting any better. And I don't care anymore. There are names out there who made, you know, a ton of money and who are lovable and very kind people. I believe that, but I don't find their material to be very funny more uh, reasonably successful in, in such a way that I would be proud of it. I mean, internationally speaking, our material is like, it's just crap, absolute bullshit, and nobody cares. And the Germans like to behave that it is important what they do, like they're the only ones on the planet sometimes. And I have to just laugh about this stuff, and I, I shake it off, and I try not to pay too much attention, which is the reason why I listen to British and American comedians almost to 100%. I mean, I can get lots of joy when I listen to people like Richard Pryor, Rodney Dangerfield, Johnny Carson even, back in the day when he had his show. I still watch recordings on YouTube. I thought the guy was amazing. 
Louis Black, of course, George Carlin. I like the old stuff from Bill Cosby, even though he's, he's obviously, you know, the, one of the largest rapists in the world. But his, 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 his comedic genius back then was undeniable. His material was awesome. It's just a shame that he did all these other things. But that doesn't mean that he was a bad comedian. He wasn't. Okay, just to keep that in mind. Uh, Louis C.K., he got a lot of flack because of his, uh, you know, this sexual dilemma that he created. But, you know, nobody was harmed, at least not by my understanding. The, uh, the hypocrisy in this regard is a different topic. That's also a problem of, I think, American society. But he's a genius uh, comedian. He knows exactly what he's talking about. Bill Burr, one of my absolute favorites right now. This guy is awesome. Okay. And you just cannot compare these people... Their genius is what they actually craft, how good they are talking about life, especially people like George Carlin. You could never compare any German comedian anywhere close to these guys. That's a fact. But maybe that's just me and I'm being too mean to my own people. I don't know. I don't care. (laughs) I'm just being truthful about this. And I have enough common sense to understand what our problem is. We are too uptight. We're too careful. We are too too concerned. We're too judgmental. We're too jealous. Did I mention jealous already? If I haven't, I have to do it again. We're too jealous. We're unhappy. Never satisfied. And people wonder why we have no sense of humor. There's the fucking reason. It goes way back It started with the Second World War, (laughs) and here we are now, making fun of stuff that is not funny. Well, we've we've really come far. I'm so proud of my people. Well, anyway, that's enough for today, guys. I think I covered um, all all of the basics. I'd like to say in my final words, it doesn't mean that all Germans behave like animals or pricks or just be, you know, um are not worth your time. That's not true. You find many good German people and they they can be lifelong friends if you're lucky. But you have to look for them. You have to be patient and you have to look the other way if you think the staring is a problem. You know, that's something that cannot be eradicated in, in society. It's going to take years and years and years. Many generations have to pass before this behavior disappears. So, um, yeah. Just um, try not to care too much. (laughs) I know I try not to, but it still pisses me off. What can I say? Uh, Anyway, um, like I said, you can have lots of fun with German people as well. You can have a friend for life. Not, Not all of them are pricks. It's just, it's about their behavior, the way they're closed up, this, this, Unwilling to admit that they have problems, never showing a sign of weakness, and being very, you know, um, very cynical about other people and their success or misfortune and stuff like that. That's the main issue and that's the main problem what Germans have with themselves. Above that, I think you might have a good life here if you can look past these, these things. Anyway, that's all I got for today, guys. I got to get back to work. There's still some stuff I need to do, even though it's Sunday. I do almost, I think I do work seven days a week with a few breaks in between and take care of my hobbies and stuff like that. Sometimes I see a friend, but
but basically I try to stay focused on my uh, on my own shit. And uh, I see this podcast as a timeout and a break. Thank you for listening. Stay healthy. Have a good time if you can. And enjoy the new Ghostbusters movie that comes up very, very soon. Take care and see you or hear you next time.